I think it's very easy to talk negatively about the impacts. When I went from the commercial environment through to a contact center environment, it was really where e-commerce, web sales, that was where there was great growth in that. And people saying, well, don't go to a contact center because there's going to be no need for contact centers as a result of the proliferation of web sales. But in fact, that was a renaissance for contact centers. So I would see this as a not but a crystal ball. I don't know what it's, it's going to bring. But again, it should not necessarily be a threat. It will bring a lot of great benefits from a customer perspective. Welcome to this special episode of Talk Time with Max Contact, where we're diving into the dynamic world of technology and its transformative impact on customer service. Today, we've brought together some of the most insightful experts we've had on the show so far to discuss the role of AI in shaping the future of contact centers. As we navigate the complexities of automation and the irreplaceable value of human interaction, our guests will shed light on how organizations can leverage AI to deliver exceptional customer experience and level up their contact center's performance. We'll use the technology to try and maximize out the self-service opportunities. And I think that's fair enough. But I think there's always going to be a role for people. But our challenge is how do we, and this is something I've been thinking about and talking about quite a lot recently and over the last couple of years, is that we have to think about the agent experience, not the employee experience, because the employee experience gets dominated by HR and payroll and time off and performance reviews and all these different things when it comes to technology and stuff. But we have to think about the agent experience and the people that are interacting with their customers in sort of real time or in an asynchronous fashion. And we have to think about it with the same level of sophistication, I believe, that we're thinking about the customer experience, i.e. what's predictive, what's proactive, what's self-service, and so on and so forth. Such that with, through the lens of how do we operationalize excellence in the moment? I think so all the bits are there, we just need to think about it in a way that that makes sense. And so that will mean that the role of the agent then changes. But then you get into a bigger sort of like conversation where you think about, well, what you're asking that person to do is they're becoming this multi-skilled, multi-talented kind of person. But then you think about, you add in and go like, well, if that person is doing all that and it's a really valuable role and playing a really valuable role in the organization in terms of engagement and loyalty and all these different things, then you have to ask yourself, does that fit with paying somebody at the level that they're currently getting paid, which sometimes is minimum wage plus something, or maybe a slightly more than that. And I think that all starts to change when you start to think about the contact center is this live and ever burgeoning real-time data source and how you can use it and loop it back into the broader business. So imagine this. Imagine there's, you've got all that fixed. Imagine this customer tries to, has a problem and tries to self-serve, can't quite figure it out. It's a bit of a naughty problem. They call in. They're in AQ. You pick up, Sean picks up the phone and goes, hey, how can I help you? Blah, blah, And then you're there. You've got access to all these systems. You don't have to escalate everything. So everything's pushed to the front. You're enabled and supported and kind of like with all that sort of stuff. You're there to focus on the conversation because all the tools and access and systems and things are in place to help you solve that kind of problem in that moment. You were able to do it really quick and easy. Thanks very much. Sort that out. You're like going, brilliant. And Sean says, well, Adrian, that's all sorted for you now. But before you go, 
you have like 20 seconds for me to ask a couple of questions that will help us? We're not going to push you to a survey that's going to help us better serve you in future. And you're like going, sure, I've got pleasant resolution. Yeah, I can do that. So Sean then goes and asks Adrian, Sean asks him question one, question two, maybe question three, very quick ones. And it's more about this idea that's sort of almost a psychographical input that you need, that zero party data that you need that is going to be help you understand the why behind the buy, as it were. And you take that data because you've got this real-time speech-to-text analytics data where you take all the data, you understand using the artificial intelligence to parse out all that data, to feed it all the way back through into your one-to-one sort of decisioning hub, which is aligned with your CRM, which is going to automatically update in real time, which is going to change the way that you as an, an organization, as a brand, engage with that customer kind of going forwards about what they like and what they don't like. Now that's the loop. And all the component parts are sort of in place, not quite in place, but they're sort of in place. That's where I think it's kind of going, where we think about that, we start thinking about engagement and contact and service and experience in a truly holistic kind of manner, in a joined up manner. I think that's the art of the possible right now. And I think it's something that many people should be striving for because that'd just be super cool. So I think in terms of frontline staff, I think there's a lot of opportunity to help the frontline staff be more effective in the roles to also to onboard faster as well. So if I'm new into a contact center, my brand new employee, AI can help me get up to speed in my role faster. So I don't necessarily need to learn all the knowledge required to be able to answer the majority of queries I'm likely to receive if it's an inbound based contact center through AI, we can have the large language models understanding the topic of the conversation and actually providing suggestive next steps to me as the agent. So I can actually be presented with real time knowledge appropriate to the conversation that I can then use to continue the conversation to a successful outcome with the consumer. You know, that's one particular example. One example we see, we see in a lot is, you know, there's a tedious admin task after a lot of calls whereby you need to type up case notes and include them in the, the CRM system. Um, AI can really help there because straight after the call completes, you've got the transcript and we can run that through a large language model and generate a nice, succinct uh, summary of the call, which the agent can then literally just scan through, make a few adjustments if required, hit save, and what was previously taken a minute, two minutes is now taking less than a minute to do on a, on a frequent basis. And because that's a task I'm doing 30, 40 times a day, you know, that's a big time saving and it makes my job as an agent a lot easier as well. And not only during that, um, analysis of the transcript, can you do the summary? We could also do things like identify the topic so we can tag that core with the particular topic, which then creates insights for the contact center itself to better understand what's happening across their calls on a particular day or even then starting to look back on the trend basis over the last week the last month see how the the types of calls are potentially changing over time um and so i think yeah for the for the agent it's it's really exciting you know and i think we should be viewing it as an opportunity to to offload some of those more menial admin tasks to the ai helper um, so that i can focus on giving the best level of customer service possible to my consumers.
I think I'm one of the people I sit on the fence a bit when it comes to AI. Not in that I don't think it will add massive value to us as an organisation or as an industry going forward. I think it's all we're doing some great work and supporting a lot of good initiatives with different technology providers, starting to enhance what they can offer. And then simply how that then will support an agent or a team leader or a coach or whatever going forward. I think for me, what it will look like in 10 years' time, I don't think nobody knows. Really don't. I think anybody that says they do is lying. I just don't think because it's moving at such a pace that there's no way you can be confident that in 10 years' time we're going to be in a situation. You can't even be confident 12 months from now how different it's going to be because it's just accelerating quicker than any other technology that we've ever had within our industry, right? Without a doubt. I think there is some great examples of people utilising it in a way that's going to enhance what we do. We've stripped a lot of stuff out when it comes to contacts and uh, through self-serve. Going to load that. AI will enhance that self-serve capability for a lot of organisations. We're seeing examples now of kind of quality assurance providers using it to kind of help tailor feedback or for the evaluation process, knowledge management systems, helping it to do kind of in real time knowledge for people and bringing all these things will just enhance what we do. It'll make an advisor's job more difficult going forward, I think. I think it'll make, for all that, it's going to help us. It'll make us more difficult because we're going to have to be more tuned in to the fallout of AI as opposed to letting AI guide what we do. So there'll be certain things where it goes, we just can't do that for whatever it is. That human element, that human level of thinking is not there yet. So we're going to have to be, where as agents dealing with customers and the fallout from the AI, that's where we're going to really have to invest in our people to make sure they've got that skill set to be able to be that kind of super agent, for want of a better phrase, that can deal with a lot of complexity. So one of the things that I really like about what, what we're moving towards now is that with um, the ability to identify sentiment and being able to look out for specific items, particularly depending on what, um, for example, the technical capabilities are, you've got the words that were said, the timestamp in which they actually occurred, and you've also got things like pitch, tone, and sentiment. And using those things collectively, you're able to start understanding things such as, for example, hesitancy. You can understand um, filler words like, um, like I've just done. Uh. And you can coach people in a way that allows you to start moving them towards good. And the really, really interesting thing from my point of view is if you take calls from your best sales staff and you run them through this, this process, you can utilize that process to say, one, here's what's really good about this. These are really good calls. Tell me what the common things and themes are between them. And two, you can then standardize that and say, everybody else, here are some of the things that make our really successful calls really successful. And that way, this is what, you know, for example, what Ben mentioned earlier on with the micro coaching. If someone is having a habit of using too many filler words, for example, you may be able to get a dynamic system that begins feeding that back. Now, that may be a little bit further down the line, but I think those are just some of the things that you can do that allow us to even word choices. You know, you can bring NLP into it and start to say, you know, I know that, for example, the enthusiasm with which person X says this thing has an effect on people that they speak to. 
Therefore, you can learn what those influences and inflections are and start to share that information. And you can do that at an aggregate level. If you have a system that allows you to feed through multiple calls and aggregate that data together and then provide feedback on a collection of calls, those sorts of things I can make, I, I think can make a huge, huge difference that allow you to leverage things in a scale that isn't possible in the same way, at a QA, um, human element area. I think that at that point, you've got a lot of bias that begins to creep in. Um, if you can do it in the right way and achieve it in the right way, I think that's a huge opportunity there. It starts how you use automation. And that goes into the process piece of the framework that I always use. It's not good enough to buy a number of apps and think they should all talk to each other and problems go away. So this design of how you're using various applications, including chat and chatbot, is hugely crucial. And it, it requires time. It requires knowledge. To deliver that, you need people. See, your backend is only ever so as good as the people who fed the backend. So if you're using FAQs, the answer is only as good as whoever provided the answer. If you're using a chatbot and you're training a chatbot, the answer that the chatbot gives is only as good as what was fed at the backend. The same with translation software, etc. So there's a massive opportunity and that is a cost upfront. When it works, it's beautiful. Then you start making the saving. But firms need to be very clear, if they go down that road, the investment is upfront. The benefit comes six, nine, 12 months later. That needs to be very, very clear. But what it then does is by the time a customer is really stuck, something is completely broken or extremely complex, you can afford to have a person sitting there talking to that customer. But the bathroom that you use to um, feed and train your, let's say, chatbot agent, that is important work. And how often firms take or have taken in the past, at least, have taken a shortcut there, that never pays, that never pays off, never. So. How do you get customer centricity into AI? Is creating the right design, spend time and link the right applications with the various technologies that you're using. So for example, if a firm uses SAP, which a lot of firms use nowadays, you can do so much more than just logging a ticket and working the ticket and closing the ticket. But you need to be willing to investigate and you need to be willing to invest. When you have done that, your people can really just focus and listen to what is the customer's problem really. And then this screaming down the line should actually also go away or at least be a little bit less. Or the advisor can say, yes, I am sorry you had this experience. Tell me all about it. I am here to help. But there's no AHG attached anymore, okay? The measure then is the quality of the case not an AHT of 360 seconds. One of the areas we actually see excitement coming for this is, is that running of the dog sled. Um, in the data itself, I mean, you'll get to the point, and I haven't seen anyone do this yet, where there's so much data in contact centers. It's now it's getting more and more, it's becoming quite untrue, but you go into a contact center and say, my interactions went up a third this month. How would you find out why? You still have to go and 
review the interactions to see what it was. So that generative AI does actually come in at a management level where you can eventually be able to ask the question, why did my interactions go up by 30%? And it will provide you with the answers. Can you tell me who my lowest performing agents are based on these criteria? You get the answers fed back to you. So um, information and data and the way we interact with products in the future, I think will change. Um, I do. I, I think it's a, it's a bit further off because at the moment, everyone's focusing in one key area, which is efficiencies and self-serve and digital deflection. But actually, it'll move into the next area, which is data insights. Um, and some industries are already doing this, by the way. Security, uh, cybersecurity, compliance uh, are already the front runners. So the idea there is, is you get a lower-level engineer who can literally ask what the problem is. It tells it, and you don't need to escalate it to because it's told them where the issue is and what they've seen as an alert. So it's, it's not that it's not happening. It's just not filtered fully into our sector. Um, so And it's just examples like that that we're going to see start coming in and spreading through. And that actually is where I see the excitement. Everyone's trying to do similar things right now, but actually it's the new things we're going to do that people are talking about where I see real excitement in this area. I've seen the most successful integrations of technology, of chatbots in particular, have been where we have had a real good working relationship between those people providing the technology solution and the frontline teams, cutting out the middle management in a way, and then really speaking to the people who do the day-to-day. And they were great ambassadors for the change that was happening not viewed as a threat, but seen as something that would bring more value to the work that they did, enable them to deliver better outcomes for the customers. And it all became quite a virtuous circle. So that delivery of that good technology piece within the human framework doesn't need to to clash at any point. It can be done extremely successfully with the right conversations with the right stakeholders. Absolutely. And I think if I think in contrast and in comparison to previous roles that I've had in kind of my early career, I've seen scenarios where a new solution has been brought in and there's been zero engagement with the front lines and you see the the result there and you compare and contrast that with environments such as you've just discussed, which sounds incredible, where the front lines have been engaged and it's almost been a partnership to deliver and overcome an issue. It's not a foisted on this is you will do this. This is a how can we work together to resolve that? And that partnership, I think, is critical. Because you've mentioned it, I'm going to delve a little deeper into it, if that's okay. We're in the early days or the nascent days, certainly, of chat GPT, artificial intelligence, chatbots, and the onset of, of what many are kind of referring to as Bill Gates said it was the biggest sea change in technology since the first personal computer. I suppose through the lens of what we've said about the omni-channel side of things as well, how do you see this affecting the contact center? And I suppose on two fronts, how will this uptake of AI help or hinder CX? And how will that proliferation help or hinder employee engagement, do you feel? Yes, indeed. So I think, and it is really early days. We don't know what that is going to be, what that's going to look like tangibly. But if I look at other big changes that have come along, and I think it's very easy to talk negatively about the impacts. I know when I went from the commercial environment through to a contact center environment, it was really where e-commerce, web sales, that was where there was great growth in that. And people were saying, well, don't go to the contact center because there's going to be no need 
for contact centers as a result of the proliferation of web sales. But in fact, that was a renaissance for contact centers. So I would see this as a, a not got a crystal ball. I don't know what it's, it's going to bring, but again, it should not necessarily be a threat. It, it will bring a lot of great benefits from a customer perspective, but it will also bring from a colleague perspective as well, a lot of benefits to, again, it's a, I think pushing what has happened over the past few years with self-serve chatbots and things like that, taking perhaps the repetitive, the mundane, and then pushing that perhaps the, the more valuable human interactions, which we've seen we need through COVID more than ever, looking after vulnerable customers, people that are on emotional customer experience journeys, for whatever reason, we need that human. So there is, and I think this is the issue that we have to deal with within the contact center environment. We cannot say that contact center advisor, supervisor, manager, that second-class citizens or it's entry-level jobs or it's just a call center. It's not their engagement platforms now. It is very difficult to find people that can that take the intensity of those emotional interactions with their adaptability, very finely tuned social skills. Those are very precious commodities. So there has to be, I think, a change or perhaps an evolution, because I don't think where we were many years ago, in that perception externally and also internally in terms of what being in a contact center is all about, because that is, that is changing fundamentally. And it's going to become increasingly difficult to find that talent to be able to fuel the interactions that come through because of the success of AI and ChatGPT and whatever that may bring for the industry. And that wraps up this episode of Talk Time with Max Contact. We hope it's inspired and equipped you with the knowledge to embrace the power of AI in your contact center. A big thank you to our fantastic guests for their practical insights. Don't forget to follow Talk Time with Max Contact in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. And leave us a positive rating to help us connect more enthusiasts to our growing community. Also, remember to hit the subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a future episode. On behalf of everyone at Max Contact, thanks for listening.